Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome along, everyone. Enjoy James Bench and Nigel Rio Cooker with you as we get set for a Premier League preview, a European action preview. We've got a lot to look forward to, a lot to discuss, some cracking fixtures, not only in the UK, but also in Germany, in France, and Italy. Let's begin with Italy. Que Golazzo begins right now. Welcome along, everybody. Enjoy Nigel Rio Coker and James Bench with you. We're looking forward to previewing the weekend's action all across Europe. There are some cracking games to look forward to. We're just getting done with the European fixtures right now. It's the first time we've gone live on a Thursday as we're about to preview the weekend. So make sure you share this link with your friends, your family members. Let your granny know that we're on live right now. Make sure that she likes and subscribe. And if you want to leave a comment below, please do so as well. James Benj, I'm just checking in with you, making sure you're feeling all right because of that shirt you're wearing. <laughs> it's new kit day, isn't it? We're celebrating these new kits. I'm wearing an Adidas Senegal concept jersey. So, yeah, I am that unbearable guy that you see in East London. James, that looks more like a picnic blanket, mate. I was about to say it's a picnic blanket. <laughs> this has got good reviews before. I thought it was Nigel Rio Coker's wedding shirt when I first switched it on there for a split second. Nigel, how are you doing, mate? I'm good, mate. It's great to look forward to some games this weekend and some big, big games. And uh, hopefully I know we've, we're going to have some big opinions on these games, but no, we're good. Yeah, we're certainly not shy of the banter. We're not shy on getting a comment or two from people on our social media platforms, but also on YouTube as well. So please, if you're enjoying the conversation, let us know in the comments what you think. What do you think about Nigel, if he has something controversial to say? Or James, I mean, he speaks to so many people around the beautiful game. He does come up with some great comments. He has a great article yesterday about the All-Star game that he's a big fan of. Let us know what you Still think in the comments again. below. <laughs> oh, wait, Ian, let me jump in on that, by the way. James, we came with a new concept of the All-Star. Instead of North East South, how about England versus Europe? You know, England, Brexit, England v Europe, Brexit game. That would be a good one, right? Well, I mean, it'd be a nice little warm-up for when we um, win the World Cup, wouldn't it? 
Oh, big like statement it. there. Like Americans, it. what do you think about that, eh? USA's in England's it. group for all our American fans. Let's see what you think. Send your comments in to James. Let's see what James say, what's well, let's see how James defends himself. <laughs> you gotta get past the group stage first before we get anywhere. All right, let's get into it, boys. Enough of the banter. Um, there's some cracking games coming up this weekend all across Europe's top five leagues. Uh, we'll begin with Zaria R. And Nigel Rio Coker, we're going to begin with your team because AC Milan, without Leal there, you know, obviously got his red card last weekend. I know you were disappointed with the second yellow card he picked up. They're taking on top of the table Napoli. It's a difficult game for them, um, but clearly you're a big fan of this Napoli side. What do you think will separate the two sides and who do you think is a favourite going into this one? I think for me, what will separate the side is the fact for me, Napoli looks still better organised defensively. We talked about how strong they are in the f- their starting eleven with everyone being fit. Um, I think that's what I, I would look at because I looked at the AC Milan game in the Champions League and for me, they still look a bit questionably defensively. You know, they do give opponents and teams very good chances, very good looks. And if you look at the attacking finesse, the skill, in that attacking sense for Napoli, they're a lot more clinical. And I think if they give this Napoli side some good chances like they did present in the midweek game in the Champions League, Napoli would take them and it should make a very interesting encounter. But I would say with the confidence that Napoli on right now, the role that they've got going, I think that Napoli will get this win. They'll grind out the result. Yeah, I mean, just to pick up on what Nigel was saying there, if you go and look at AC Milan's European and, and Serie A games this season, I think the only time they kept a clean sheet was in that game against Sassuolo. And, you know, watching that Dinamo Zagreb game, I thought was quite instructive of kind of the, the limitations of Milan. Or that the game was there to be killed off, 2-0 up, against a pretty ordinary opponent away from home. I mean, that's maybe harsh on Dinamo, but by Milan standards, a pretty ordinary opponent. And they just let them back in. And they've been doing that a lot, did that in in the Derby de la Malagnina. It's um that's a cause for concern. And it's quite strange because you don't normally associate that with the team that's just won the title. Like they're a bit sloppy. Um obviously, like by very high standards that they've set. And and like Nigel says, you know, Napoli have the players to punish that sloppiness. They can turn, as we saw against Rangers, they can turn, you know, uh turn the game on its head in the space of 10-15 minutes. So that's the, the challenge for Milan is can they be a bit more disciplined in many ways, maybe this game and the you know recent results mean they rise to the occasion. I think we know that Milan can just quell a game, can can get in their possession game and, and grind things down. As you say, it's a shame that there'll be no layout for Napoli, a shame there'll be no Ossimen for uh, sorry, no layout for Milan and no Ossimen for Napoli. Mm-hmm. But so many, so many talented players across the board that I'm really looking forward to seeing. Yeah, Nigel, you know, obviously Napoli lost some players recently, experienced players, big names, and, and pretty much players that lived and breathed the football club. And many didn't expect them to have an impact on maybe the title race domestically. But have the big wins over Liverpool in the Champions League and also Glasgow Rangers we just witnessed, um, has that proven to everybody that they could be a title contender, potentially go and win it this season? Or do you still think they've got to prove it in these big games against your Milans and Romas and Inters and Juves to really show that they are the real deal? Well, that's what's going to happen, Ian. You know, we talk about it sometimes when teams have a blip. And I know one of the teams that you don't really like to discuss is Bayern Munich when they keep drawing in the Bundesliga. But I always say, when you play these top teams, the bottom teams that you think you'd beat comfortably, they seem to raise their game. 
And I think with AC Milan, I think even with Napoli, how successful they are, AC Milan are going to raise their game. But I still feel defensively they're questionable. And I feel that Napoli are a lot more better organised. And I feel that they're going to really take their opportunities. And as James said, you know, you've got no Osman, you've got no Leal for, for, for um, AC Milan. Two big stars who really have a bit of that X factor for both teams individually. But I'm not going to butcher his name. I'm going to let Mr. Ian Joy, with his great pronunciation, say his name for me. The Napoli, as they call him, the Georgian Messi or the Georgian Maradona. Kvaratskhelia. There you go. I don't want to butcher his name, ladies and gentlemen. Nigel, can I just give you a little bit of help here? A lot of people are calling him Kvaradona. 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 Okay. We can name him Kvaradona because for me, what I've seen of this young man is fantastic. He really is a talent. Once he cuts in from that left and he can go on the right, he really has an eye for a goal. Great dribbling ability. Great technical ability. I think he is one of those generation players and he's going to go on to be a star. I cannot see Napoli holding on to him for very long at all because he's proven himself, proven his worth. He's the one that's going to really take that spotlight for this game this weekend. And it should be in for a very, very good uh, encounter. Yeah, Hans, I'm another... stepping in, James, real quickly. Can I throw another name into the mix? Go ahead, go ahead, buddy. Summer signings. Because obviously, rightly so, Farrett Scalia has, has won all the plaudits. He's player of the month, I think, in Serie A. But, you know, the defenders... And Ian, I'm sure you'll agree with me. The defenders never get the credit they deserve. Kim Min Jae, a giant Korean centre-back here. I mean, in many ways, an even tougher task for him because the sort of truly world-class player that, that Napoli lost who was in the peak of his powers was Kalidou Koulibaly. And Kim Min Jae's phenomenal, a really assertive centre-back, brings a lot of the qualities that Koulibaly did. And I think doing that in a new league when he, I think he came from Fenerbahce and hasn't really had any experience in the top five leagues before. In fact, he's only had one year's experience in Europe, 25 years old. You know, he has been a really outstanding, um, outstanding addition. I mean, if anyone's watching, the, the people watching our YouTube show will see him there in that team lineup. That's not a guy I want to run into if I'm competing for a 50-50 ball. He looks like he'd go flying <laughs> off him. Um, yeah. And he's been... He's been really excellent, and I want to give him some love when we talk Speak about Speak for him. yourself, James. I have no problem running into him, mate. Speak for yourself. No <laughs> we fear. know that, Nigel. No fear. Listen, they are certainly impressing all of us, and I think defensively, as you mentioned, James, it's been pretty impressive to, to watch them defend this year. I think, if I'm not mistaken, they're leading the way in Serie A uh, with clean sheets, three on the campaign so far, and that's one of the reasons why they're sitting at the top of the table. Sure, joint on points, and Milan will look to try and make that leapfrog jump, but before we move on to the next game, James, I want to get your opinion. Olivier Giroud has been in terrific form of late, recently just called upon uh, by the French national team after missing out in the last games. Um, he scored 48 goals in 112 games for his national team. Uh, he's three behind France's all-time leading goal scorer in Thierry Henry. What do you make of his form right now? I mean, this guy seems to have found a real place where he's finding it and calling it home. He's 35 years old now, but he's playing like he's in his peak right now. He's prime. I think he might be in his prime. I mean, certainly in, in recent years, I think he's his game, because it's never been reliant on pace, um, and it's a lot of it's been about smart movement and knowledge of where defenders will be. And then he has the physical skills and the technical excellence to beat them to the ball. It kind of makes sense that it would only get better. And I thought, I think he's, he's been fantastic. It would be very strange, wouldn't it? If 
if he, as one former Arsenal striker, overtakes the greatest former Arsenal striker, greatest former Arsenal player. But I think it's obviously, you know, I mean, certainly no one would then suddenly say Giroud was a better player than Henri, but it, it's credit to his longevity and, and to how he's done that in a in a squad as talented as the one Henri was part of. You know, what a golden generation of French footballers. And, he, you know, Deschamps could have been picking, he could have been picking Griezmann week in, week out. He could have been picking Mbappe, Ben Yedda, Lacazette, name whoever you want. He kept coming back to Giroud because he's a consummate team player. And I think, in a way, it's great that kind of, as he reaches the twilight years of his career, this team player, this guy who brings the best out of those around him, is starting to get the individual accolades. And well done him. And certainly, I think he is going to be as much as a, of a test as any forward Napoli have come up against so far this season. Nigel, what are your thoughts on him? I mean, are you, are you surprised to see him continuing to thrive at this age? I mean, he looks like he is the ultimate professional, clearly looks after himself. I think his finishing this year has been sensational. I know he's not got a ton of goals this year, only the four goals from eight, eight appearances, but these are big goals for Milan and they need him right now with all of these players who are out missing. Yeah, I mean, for me, I, I don't think that his uh, ability or his finishing has ever been in doubt or question. I just think for me, it's being in Serie A has been a blessing in disguise for him. It's not as intense as the Premier League. And like you said, Ian, he's finally finding something he calls himself home. I think he's feeling the love right now. It's a lot more technical and slower paced league than the Premier League. And that's why he's reaping the rewards and he's being so successful in Serie A currently. But he's a player that I feel that brings so many different dynamics depending on how you use him. Yes, he's not youthful, can't run in behind, but his football intelligence speaks for itself. As James just stated there with the runs and the type of runs he makes. What he also does is if you provide him the service and you've got great quality crosses coming out wide, he is a serious aerial threat. And also being an aerial threat, he can also play that target role to bring teams up higher up the pitch to hold up the ball. So from a tactical point of view, he brings a lot more that a manager can use depending on the game and how the game is going and depending on the opponents than just going for your typical modern-day false number nine striker that runs in behind. Because sometimes you might want to be a bit direct and that's what the option that Giroud gives you to be that target man and bring players into play. You're watching Kei Galazzo as we preview the weekend's fixtures coming up all across Europe. We're talking Serie A right now. It's a big game in Serie A. It is Napoli on the road to Milan. It is a big game to see who will pretty much be leading the way in Serie A after this fixture is over, unless it ends up in a draw. What do you think out there if you're watching along? Let us know your feelings, your thoughts on Milan. Are they good enough to, to win Scudetto yet again? Or are Napoli, after replacing some big players who left the club defensively solid, James Benj, he thinks they're big better defensively this year, and they're certainly proving to be that way. Quick prediction on the game. Nigel Rio Coca, give me a score. I'm going to go 3-1 Napoli. James? I'm not going to do a quick prediction because I need to remind everyone listening and everyone in here that I am two ahead of everyone else on our little predictions league for the Champions League. So people that are trying to decide whether to make a bet, who to listen to, listen to me. I know what I'm talking about. Yeah, it's because you've got your lucky blanket on. That's why. Hurry up and make it with your lucky blanket. (laughs) I'm going to make a bit of a cop out here and go one all. 
one oh. would be plus 245 on the draw right there. And there's actually some money to be made for Napoli. I think a draw would probably be a fair result looking at it right now. Injuries to both teams. I'm actually going to go for um, a Milan win in this game. I think they can get the job done. I think they're going to surprise Napoli this weekend. Napoli's been on such a great run. They've been difficult to score goals against in Europe, been flying high. But I just, I don't know. And all the people out there, even in our comments right now, are mentioning the fact that Napoli do have a deep roster. I just think somehow, even though they don't have Leal, I just think somehow Milan will make this a dirty game and go and pick up all three points. So there we have it. That's what we predict for the big one in Italy this weekend. But let's move on to Roma against Atalanta. All right, Roma, only one point separates these two sides. Atalanta, two behind Napoli on goal difference. Roma will sense that this is their chance to mount a challenge for a top four place and maybe even push themselves into the top three. There's no Europe for Atalanta this campaign, James. Um, do you think that helps them domestically? Because clearly over the years, we've witnessed Atalanta doing damage in Europe, sometimes conceding a ton of goals, not only domestically, but also in Europe. But this year, they look focused and they're really putting together a good season. Yeah, I mean, it always helps, especially at this early stage. Well, I mean, throughout the season, it, it helps a lot. And I think we've seen with, with Atalanta that they would be quite fast starters in Serie A. And because they're such a good team, they'd end up going pretty deep in Europe, whether it's the Champions League um, or you know, or on occasion the Europa League. And by the end, because it's not the biggest squad, because they don't have the money to have the biggest squad, it, you would feel like they were running on empty, kind of coming to the finish line. So I'm really intrigued. I think we all wrote Atalanta off this season, and I think we forget the value of, of not being in Europe, or, or, or particularly, and I think if you flip it around in Roma's case, how much of a slog it is being in Europe when you're playing Europa League or Europa Conference League and you've got that Thursday-Sunday slog. Um, I remember speaking to people at, at Premier League uh, Premier League clubs who do who play in the Europa League and they just said, we don't know what it is, but we hate I, it. Nigel, you I, did. Was it not oh, so thanks, much? Thanks, James. Yeah, thanks. You know, I know you might have forgotten about it. I know. It's it was a while on, but it's James. a slog, isn't it? And it's a slog for Roma, who who played have played quite well, but yeah, somehow there's just that sparks missing from them early this season. It's tough. It really is tough when you play Saturday and Thursday because obviously then you've got to adapt yourself to playing on Sundays to fit in the schedule, and then next thing you know your week kind of breaks up, and you got to think about a lot of these players are kind of uh, molded into Monday training throughout the week. You play on a Saturday, so when you have to rearrange scheduling and fixtures and stuff, it does become very very tough, mentally tough. But the difference is, I would say, in this generation of the competition we're seeing, we're seeing big clubs. The whole revamp has helped a lot more big clubs be in there where when I was playing, you're playing clubs in the middle of nowhere. Half these clubs I've never heard of without being disrespectful. And it's only if you made it to the semifinals or finals, you might get a so-called big name still in there because that's how um, serious some of these big clubs were taking it. But now there are some big historic clubs involved in it. The revamp has helped. And I think that... Not to get away from it, but when you look at this game, this is a Jose Mourinho game. He loves games like this. He's going to set up Roma to be well-organized, hard to beat, hard to break down. They're going to play counter-attacking against this Atalanta side. We've seen Atalanta so much. We know how they play. Very attacking, very open, very expansive. And this is the type of game that suits Jose Mourinho's tactical, tactical nous to style. He loves it. We're going to mm -hmm. set up. It's going to be a siege. We're going to weather the storm. We're going to frustrate them. Atlanta are going to take greater risks and we're going to play the counter-attack and we get that one or two goals. 
We're going to close up shop. So I think from a tactical perspective, it's a game that really suits Jose Mourinho. Yeah, I'm pretty interested in it, Nigel, because Atalanta have only conceded three goals this season, which is surprising to me because obviously, as I just mentioned there, we're dealing with European competition over previous years. I've been so impressed with the fact that they love to attack. They play this, this great entertaining football going forward, but defensively just so vulnerable and they conceded a ton of goals across all competitions. And that includes domestic loot, which is where I feel like they've been most hurt when they're competing in Europe. Um, maybe you could say they don't have the depth, the quality and depth to be able to compete in multiple tournaments. But watching them this year, domestically, they're very impressive. So they're not easy to score goals against this year. I think it's going to be really interesting to see how Roma handle it. Before we move on um, away from Serie A, I want to get your opinion. This is a completely random question, and I know you both will be up for this one. Um, if you look at Roma's trio up top, who I just am in love with, with what they're doing. Mourinho's done an amazing job to put this together. You have Dybala, Tammy Abraham, and Pellegrini. I mean, that is as scary a front three as you will probably find in Serie A. The question I would throw to you, and I'm going to throw this to all of our viewers out there, and please feel free to let us know in the comments. Let us know on social media as well if you'd like to do so. Would you take that front three over what Juventus just had in the Champions League of Vlavic, Milik and Kostic, so to say? I think that front three from Roma could compete with anyone. What do you think, James? It's not even close. They're so much better. I mean, I, I, I don't know about you. I know you've got your doubts here. I'm not entirely sold on Vlavic. He's good. He's not amazing. He's not, he's not the kind of player that he was maybe made out to be. A lot of penalties in that, um, in that goal return someone needs to score them but yeah I think it's a really interesting balance front three I like Pellegrini though I haven't seen a huge amount of him and I mean Tammy Abraham I know we've we've gone to a picture of Dybala but the the quality that we we've seen from Abraham at Chelsea when he was given the chance and now at Roma he's flourishing as this star in the eternal city a wonderful wonderful player someone who can do it all you know we were talking about Giroud earlier sometimes feels like Abraham has got all those Giroud qualities and plenty in his legs, plenty of pace as well. I think point. he's fantastic. And um, off the top of my head, I can't think of many front threes in, in Serie A. I like the look of more than, than Roma's. How about you, Nigel? I have to agree with you. I think for me, the main guy for me is Diablo. I think he's been missing so much for Juventus. He Dybala. really has been. I'm going to yeah. have to correct you because you've said it three times now. Dybala. I said Dybala. No, you mumbled it. You said blah, 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 blah. Dybala. Anyway, Dybala. he's been the main missing one for me, for Roma. And I think that he has that real individuality, great ability. I think he really has been the missing piece. Sorry, for, for Juventus. He's yep. now at Roma. He's been the missing one for Juventus. The main player that they're really missing. And I'd have to agree with James. I think that that front three at Roma right now is so good. You know, Tammy, I know well because of uh, connections from being a... South London boy. Uh, I've spoken to him a few times when he's a time at Chelsea. And I give him credit. He's left Chelsea, where a lot of young players who come through that academy don't want to do because of obviously Chelsea and the club that they are. But he's yeah. gone out there. He's applied. He's changed. He's, he's trade in Serie A. And he's flourishing. He's doing Nigel, so well. Nigel, 
Why, why is that, though? I, I love that you say that, and I love that, obviously, you have this direct contact with him. But through your experience and the people that you know, and obviously knowing Tammy very well, and I can only look at the statistics and how happy Tammy is. If you look at his stats from what he did at Chelsea, he scored, what, 30 goals and 82 appearances? And for Roma, he's at 29 goals already from only 59 appearances. So why is it that he's having more success? Is he just enjoying his football much more there? Or, like you say, is it easier to score goals in Serie A? I think he's enjoying his football a lot more there. And I also think the management plays a part. I think that Jose Mourinho knows how to manage him. I think Jose Mourinho knows when to put his arm around him or knows when to guide him. And if you, if you look at it from a certain point of view, he reminds me of Drogba in the sense of when Jose Mourinho was very successful at Chelsea for that style of striker, what he brings in Jose Mourinho's system. And I think him going to Italy, Jose's tried to mold him in that Drogba kind of role. He's embraced it. And a lot of the young players don't want to leave some of these big clubs like Chelsea, like Man City, because it's the glam that comes with playing at these clubs. They're very reluctant to leave. They think to themselves, if I leave Chelsea, where am I going to go? Instead of thinking about the importance of getting game time, game time is what matters. And right now, the more games he's playing at Roma, the more goals he scores, the more he's going to be that striker in demand later on in his career. It's only going to benefit for him because if he was at Chelsea right now, we wouldn't say that he'll be playing or starting week in, week out. Even if he was at Chelsea, I'll definitely play him ahead of Aubameyang, in my mm. opinion, from what I've seen so far of him. So uh, sometimes, you know, Ian, there's, there's that reluctance to leave. And I think sometimes it's because some of these young players don't get the right advice to understand that your value goes up the more games you play than just being at Chelsea in a glamorous club without playing football games. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, we're keeping the chat incredibly long here talking about Sarah because there's just so many big games going on all across Europe this weekend. Um, please make sure you join us in the chat. Let us know your feelings. Who do you think is going to win this game? It's a massive game. It's fifth against second. It's Roma against Atalanta. James Bench, who you got? Give me a quick prediction. Uh, Roma 2-1. Nigel. Roma 3-2. Roma 3-2. Uh, both of you going for Roma. I think this one is going to be a Roma victory as well. I'm going for a 3-1 victory. I think Atalanta do concede a goal, although it might be all goals in the second half. You can see it would be in a KG affair in the first 45 minutes. All right, that's it for Serie A. Let's move on to La Liga. There is obviously only one game to really talk upon. We could talk about all of them if we really wanted to. But we got to touch upon the derby game that's coming up here. It's a cracking match to look forward to. Atletico just lost to Leverkusen in the Champions League by two goals to nil. Real Madrid just beat Leipzig by two goals to nil, although they left it late. It was an entertaining game to look forward to. Uh, we certainly weren't disappointed. No Kareem Benzema. Um, but this is a game that you would expect to see a reaction from Atleti. They're at home against Real Madrid. It is a derby game. James Bench, uh, tough one to predict here and a tough one for Real Madrid. Uh, is it a tough one to predict? I kind of feel like Madrid are, are just rolling and, and are so convincing, Real Madrid that is, that actually, I know Atletico have had, had good moments, a great result against um, Celta Vigo, but it's sort of, for me, it, it, it kind of sums everything up about Atletico and, and where they've got in the last few years, that their best player, arguably, and I'm, I'm open to being told I'm wrong here, but their best player can't come on the pitch till the 60th minute in Antoine Griezmann. Yeah. And I mean, you know, not again, I will say this again whenever I'm on with you guys. I've not played the game at a professional level, but generally my experience would be that if you're playing in a professional football team, you should play your best footballers. Um, that's just, you know, if I were a manager, that would be one of the things I'd do. It's radical. I know Diego Simeone clearly doesn't agree with me. Of course, there are financial reasons why Griezmann has to stay on the bench. 
but I kind of think that sort of sums it all up. And you know, I, I saw that I saw the highlights of the Leverkusen game. They just didn't really look like laying a glove on. Um, they didn't really look like laying a glove on a pretty ordinary Leverkusen team. Like just they just are a bit underwhelming. And right now. Madrid are on a roll, and I, I think this is actually should be a game they win quite quite convincingly. Nigel, just before you jump in here, does it make a difference that Atleti lost that last game in Europe and they don't want to lose two games in a row, or the fact that this is a derby game and they absolutely don't want to lose? I mean, let's let's face it, Real Madrid are not the same without Karim Benzema. There is something big missing there, a big piece of the puzzle. So, will they try to maybe? Keep it tight, make it frustrating, make it ugly, sneak a victory with the last 20, 30 minutes with the super sub who um, they're sneaking on the pitch for 20 minutes. Try and win the game. It's Atletico Madrid. It's a Diego Simeone side. They're definitely going to make it ugly. I think that regardless of any results both of these sides had, derby games, you either get this. You either get a very good game or a very poor game. You're not going to get no in-between. And I think with how things are right now of Atletico Madrid, especially their last result, they're going to make this as ugly as possible. My thing is now is whether Real Madrid have the character, the mental strength in the team to be able to get through this battle, keep the game tight, and they've got the quality in the attacking sense. They've got more superstars who can put the ball into the back of the net than Atletico Madrid. So it's, it's really how long can Atletico Madrid keep them out? But it's definitely going to be a game where Simeone's going to want to make it very physical, very yeah. ugly. And it's a derby. You know, it can go either way. But if you're asking me, Ian, I think for me, Real Madrid have the edge because I look at the experience in what we've seen so far in their Champions League games. They haven't been great. They haven't been fantastic. They've had their backs against the wall in most of their games, but yet they still found a way to get the results. That's where the confidence comes from. And that's what I see from their attacking sense as well. And I feel that they've just got more attacking threat, more players who can come off the bench to really impact the game in the attacking end. And I feel that they're, they're, they're decent defensively. So I, I can see Real Madrid edging this again. Well, Matt Osman just saying that Real Madrid are winning this one all day, every day. James Bench, Real Madrid have won every single game this season across all competitions. They've been very difficult to stop scoring goals. And even without Karim Benzema, last weekend, they were terrific against Mallorca. The youngsters are stepping up. Vinicius Jr. looks like he's grabbing this club and he is pushing this club forward. How do you stop them? Oof. I don't know because, you know what's really interest, intriguing me? This blend of proper, like, dyed-in-the-wall experience vets who know this game and are clearly imparting all the right habits onto your Vinicius Juniors, your Rodrigo, who started making these telling contributions and, and is being trusted with sort of leading the line in Benzema's absence. That to me is a is a worrying mix. How you stop them? I mean <laughs> a smash lot them. of other people have struggled. Smash them break their legs. That's what you want yeah, to say. Isn't Simeone the guy to do that? That's what I'm trying to get at. Isn't isn't this going to be the case, James, where Simeone says, you know what? F this. I'm going to start smashing people. We're going to play really difficult. We're going to play dirty. And that's how we're going to win and get and back to the title. I remember that working. That worked really well. Was it, it was in that lockdown season, the Madrid derby. And Madrid were coming into it flying. Obviously, there were no fans. That will be a bonus for Atletico. But Atletico just turned it into a street fight, into a brawl. Maybe metaphorical. I can't remember if it was literal as well. Wouldn't rule anything out with Simeone's teams. 
that's what you do, isn't it? You 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 make them play your game because there is going to be no one better. I know it's not the same Atleti of five, six years ago, but there is still that fighting spirit that they have. I think especially when they come up against Real Madrid, the aristocratic team, the team of, you know, the Prado and the, the team of the, the richer side of Madrid. I think that's what you do. You get the fans on your side. You turn this into... I'm talking myself into Atletico Madrid winning it and then I just think, yeah, but... Real Madrid have got Vinicius and Luka Yeah, but Madrid. no. Ian, it sounded like he was kind of, uh, in, a, in a certain way, describing Arsenal, like when Arsenal played Tottenham. You know, the yeah. aristocrats, Arsenal fans, you know, the private educated schoolboys and all that. What do you and think of like, an Arsenal fan? Uh, there we go. Anyway. All right. Well, let's uh, let's get your predictions before we move on. This is a tough one to predict. Um, I'm actually going to predict that Atletico Madrid make this ugly and Atletico Madrid sneak a 1-0 victory. Guess who scores wow. James Bench? Guess who oh, scores yes. James Bench? Crazy. Antoine Griezmann comes off the bench and scores the winner. I'm predicting it's a tight one. What are you going for, James? 2-0 to Real Madrid. I still think it would be a bit tight, but quality pays, isn't it? Nigel? I am going to go for 2-0 to Real Madrid as well. I think it's going to be tight, but I just feel that that attacking sense. And we described it as well. Vinicius Jr., superstar, loving the spotlight, and he's not scared of that spotlight being on him. This is one of the games where he's going to really want to shine. Well, what do you think out there if you're watching on? You're watching Keiko Lazzo. Is it going to be Real Madrid who takes glory in the Madrid derby? Or will it be Atleti who are five points behind in the Liga standings right now? Let us know your thoughts in the comments before uh, we go. Um, but of course, we're going to take a quick break right now. We've got a lot to talk about when we return. We're going to have a look at the Premier League, which returns after a postponed weekend last weekend. And of course, uh, there's a couple of big games in the Bundesliga and one cracker to look forward to in France. Stay right there. We'll be right back. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. So there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Uh, CBS Sports is your home for the 2022-23 UEFA Champions League, UEFA Europa League, and UEFA Conference League group stages with Paramount Plus streaming every match live. And to complement the best club competitions in the world, Paramount Plus also boasts a wealth of premium soccer documentaries, including Destination Paris, which follows journalist Guillaume Balaguer's path through Europe for the 21-22 UEFA Champions League season, culminating with the final in Paris. Balaguer's travels detail Ukrainian club Shakhtar Donetsk experiences amid ongoing war. Please 
please check out Destination Paris and the entire Champions League season on Paramount+. Plus. Every single time I hear that, I always get excited. Welcome back, everyone, to Kegel Lazzo. Ian Joy with James Benj and Nigel Rio Coker with you. Let's get stuck into some Premier League action as it returns following the postponed weekend's fixtures of last weekend following the passing of Queen Elizabeth II. Let's discuss a couple of the big games. We'll start off with Spurs against Leicester City. Uh, Spurs because I'm getting the feeling that the postponed game has given them time, obviously, to, to enjoy European success. Didn't quite happen for them. But for Leicester City, maybe it's postponed them from having to actually fire their coach. This is a cracking game to look forward to, Nigel. Who you got in this one? You'd have to say Spurs. I still think that Spurs, Spurs haven't really hit top gear yet because the thing is they haven't been performing well, but they've been getting the results. Apart from, obviously, the sporting tie in, in the Champions League where... They crumbled in the last minute, and I'm sure Antonio Conte would not be happy with that. But again, we haven't seen the full best of Spurs yet, and I still think it's going to come. It's just a matter of time. Leicester right now, for me, I think there's a lot going on in that club. You know, obviously, there's been a lot of links with some of their top players. Some have left, some haven't left. It's really made an uncomfortable dressing room. As much as they're trying to put it out there, we're still together, we're still united I still feel there's a lot of inside turmoil at that club currently. And uh, Brendan Rodgers, for me, seems like a manager that's kind of comfortable that if he loses his job, he's okay with it because he's made some comments about not being backed. And whenever managers do that, saying that they haven't been backed in financially to bring recruits in and this and that, it's not a good sign because up top, directors of football and chairmen, they don't like that because that already puts the magnifying glass on their position of manager wanting to buy players, wanting to have new additions. But obviously you guys are not backing me, even though we know there's a lot going on with the financial fair play. But I, I think that Spurs will edge this one. And I just think the turmoil will continue at Leicester. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm really quite worried about Leicester because, I mean, I think they can, if they turn it around quickly, they could be a good Premier League team and could be fine because they have technically excellent players who can achieve a lot. But the worry would be this is not a team that's been designed and built to scrap against relegation. And I think you've got a team with a lot of technical wingers, a lot of midfielders who like to have the foot, their foot on the ball and dominate possession, whether that's a, a Tielemans or a Dewsbury Hall. And I worry if this is a squad, just from seeing them play, that has kind of the stomach for what could be a, a really scrappy season. And I think that's, you know, kind of what Nigel was getting at about Brendan Rodgers as well. I, don't, I mean, he doesn't want to be involved in a releg- in a load of relegation six-pointers. I don't think it, he's a good manager for that sort of environment. So it feels like if they can't turn it round quickly, if they can't get out of the mire, I think they're in a position where it becomes a lot harder. They become, you know, one of those teams that is, quote-unquote, too good to go down. They might be, they might not be. I actually don't think we should be ruling that out anymore. The defence looks like its best days have been and gone. And that's a worry then when you've got a midfield that's all about elegant play and and possession and and maybe isn't that, it just isn't kind of going anywhere defensively. And and Didi's kind of fallen off the cliff. The wingers have not been great except Harvey Barnes. And um, I hate to say it because whenever you discount Jamie Vardy, he goes on a scoring run. But it's been a while since Jamie Vardy's got on a scoring run. 
Yeah, it's a great point. And let's not forget, only one point from the six games played so far. And defensively, James, to back you up, they've conceded 16 goals in that time, which is not good at all for Leicester going up against Spurs, who are third in the table right now. Um, obviously still undefeated and coming off the back of that tough loss in the Champions League. I mean, it was, was a difficult game for Tottenham in the Champions League against Sporting Lisbon. Are we going to see some sort of rotation from the Spurs side here? Because I was a little bit surprised that Hyungman Son is in the starting lineup against Sporting Lisbon and yet again, no goal from him. Nigel, do you think we'll see that rotation? It'll be on, I think it'll be uncalled for. I think Hyung Ming Son's a fantastic player. I think he, I think that it's again, it's that kind of football and fan mentality. Oh, he's not scoring, we've got to take him out. You don't become a bad player overnight. Let him play back into confidence. I think he brings so much to the team. And even if he's not scoring, he's such a player that gravitates that extra attention to because he's very dangerous so you do have to sometimes double up on him you know what he's capable of he may not be scoring but just his presence on the pitch the run and the threat that he has may create other space and opportunity for other players in the team so I feel that that's what Antonio Conte is still kind of going on at and I think that he's right in his approach and I just think we need to give him a bit of time like we can't be um kind of that idiot of the village who's oh, he's no he's not scoring goals or he's not good anymore he's, he's he's poor like i don't believe in that i just think he's going through a difficult time and i think he'll come out of it best best season so far for the chances created as well like, you know he's not scoring but he's helping others score yeah zero goals though james zero goals only the one assist through the eight games all competitions that he's played in. i think unfortunately for him his statistics that blew everybody away with his performances including last season and the season before is probably why people are critical of him right now um but what do you think out there thanks again for tuning into kegelatso but we want to know your opinion as well don't just sit back relax and enjoy your cup of tea while you're watching this one let us know in the comments do you think there's something wrong with young minson um should he be dropped from conte's side let us know what you think as well because your opinion matters to us most we move on to Wolves against Manchester City um, favourites to win the Premier League and probably favourites to win the Champions League as well Manchester City uh, they are on the road they take on a Wolves side Manchester City are favourites let's not even doubt that the bookie said so um, they're playing against the Wolves side who are 14th in the table with only one win but I guess my question to both of you would be the rotation question again. Erling Haaland, do you play him in this game? Or is this one that you don't play him in and give him a bit of a rest and maybe you run Alvarez out? James, where are you going on this one? Um, I hadn't really thought of that. It's not the worst worst backup option in the world. I thought Alvarez was great um, last time I saw him in the Premier League. Was it against Brighton, I want to say, where he scored one and kind of played in that front too? Um, I mean, City should, in theory, be able to do what they want and whichever 11 players... Guardiola kind of opts for you back them to win I've got to the stage where I think they've been so good early this season that when you're sort of looking at their fixture list you go well what's the sort of totally random game where for some reason they'll just go no we're not feeling it this week and they'll somehow drop two or three points I don't know why but I just quite like the idea of Diego Costa announcing his return to the Premier League by messing everything up I think you can definitely see him scoring one as Wolves somehow cling on for a 1-0 win. Either that or getting sent off, James. Or getting sent off. <laughs> but if he scores, I have to say, if he scores one, he scores like one or two in his first few games, and then we won't hear from him until March or whatever. I <laughs> just, it James. feels, but this is just madness. You're 100% right, and I'm with you. If there's any game where you could say, potentially, this could be a game where City don't turn up, it's this game. And like you said, it's just written that... Diego Costa is going to play a big part in this game. We've already seen when Man City come up against 
big, strong, target men kind of centre forwards with a bit of ability, that back four struggles against these type of players. And Diego Costa is that type of player, but he's also that type of character. He is going to be annoying to that City back two, and he's going to be a problem. And I just feel that this could be that game. Again, Ian made a great point. Can they do the rotation? Maybe rest Haaland. You don't want to have that over-reliance on him for the Premier League and also the Champions League. And we all know the priority for Manchester City is the Champions League. That is what they predominantly want more so than another Premier League title. Maybe it might be wrong. Let's hear for some City fans. But I feel that this could be that game. And I think this could be the game that Wolves get their first win of the season. I just have something in me is telling me that I'm going to go with Wolves. <laughs> Plus 8.50 for Wolves to pick up the victory on the the bookies' money line right there. Um, Wolves will find this one difficult. But of course, they got to kickstart the season at some point. James, uh, tough game for Bruno Lage here. Who are you going with? And give me a score prediction. <laughs> I don't know what I, I just when I'm talking it through with Nigel, it just feels like the right thing to say. It's either four-nil Man City, isn't it, or one-nil Wolves. And sometimes the heart wants what it wants. So I'm gonna just jump above the parapet and say, like Nigel, <laughs> Wolves are gonna win this. <laughs> Two one Wolves. Two one Wolves with Diego Costa scoring. That's what I'm going with, I'm telling you. I just don't see it, boys. I'm sorry. I've got to go with Manchester City. I'd love to see Erling Haaland play this game. I think he's going to get rested. Alvarez is going to play. And this kid, Alvarez, has been so impressive to me. He can play out wide. He can play as a striker. The guy's he's Listen, deadly. He's let me jump deadly. in on that, Ian. Go. The kid is an absolute pest. I remember mm-hmm. watching him for River Plate and covering him when they were getting in the quarters and semis of the Libertadores. That kid is an absolute pest. And on his day, he's not a bad finisher. He's not the finished article. He still has some stuff to work, but what he does work rate wise and what he brings to a team, oh mm-hmm. my God, he's an absolute pest. And there's yeah. a big contrasting difference between him and Haaland. Haaland kind of more so times his runs well, knows to run in behind, knows where to be in the box. But Alvarez really helps the team from a defensive standpoint, doesn't let opposing defenders have a moment of rest. And he can also score goals, bags of energy, and he could be a problem. Nigel, Media Centre Man says there's absolutely no way that Wolves get any kind of result. It will be a cricket score for Manchester City. Hold on, let me just say, Media Centre Man, Media Centre Man, just remember when Leicester City won the Premier League where there was no way they should have won the Premier League. That is the beauty of football, why we love the game so much. Anything is possible. (laughs) He also just said that, Nigel Rio Coker, you are a West Ham legend. So clearly, That's a fantastic comment, Media Centre Man. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's changed that prediction now now is Nigel Rio Coco's favourite friend alright let's just uh, remind the lot of you that there are some games postponed this weekend in the Premier League um, so please make sure you pick your fantasy teams accordingly uh, I'm going to run through some of the results and some of the fixtures sorry and remember some of the postponed games are Brighton and Hove Albion Crystal Palace Chelsea Liverpool Manchester United Leeds United all postponed the games that do go ahead on Friday Aston Villa Southampton Nottingham Forest Fulham two big ones right there looking forward to seeing Forest versus Fulham uh, Wolves against 
against Manchester City, Newcastle United against Bournemouth, and Spurs Leicester City, as we just broke down. And then on Sunday, this is a cracker. James Bench, I think you might be attending this one. Brentford against Arsenal and Everton against Nigel Rio Cookers, West Ham United on Sunday. So a lot to look forward to, but make sure you pick your fantasy team accordingly because there are some fixtures that are postponed. All right, let's move on to elsewhere in Europe. There's a lot to get through before we end the show. And if you are watching it, it is the enjoy Nigel Rio Cooker and James Bench with you. Let us know your thoughts, your comments. Um, have we been crazy wrong here with uh, Nigel Rio Cooker and James Bench prediction that Wolves will get a result against Manchester City? Or do you agree with me that Manchester City will bang in another three or four goals? Let's move on to what's happening in league Lyon against Paris Saint-Germain is an absolute cracker. It's first pace PSG who travel to Lyon on Sunday. Uh, PSG off the back of that good result, probably better second half performance with the big three scoring goals at the weekend. Absolutely fantastic. Um, but let's uh, let's discuss what PSG are right now. They are going up against the Lyon side who are difficult to score goals against. Um, but I also want to point out that Neymar is scoring goals once again for PSG. Neymar scoring goals is a good thing for Paris Saint-Germain. Um, and where do you kind of fall in this one, James? Do you think PSG too strong for Lyon? Yeah, probably. I mean, Lyon lost to, to Monaco, didn't they? And I think they lost to Lorient as well. They seem like a team that's really missing the likes of, I mean, as ever, every start of every season, they're missing someone. Paqueta this season in particular. Um, Neymar is obviously just sort of woken up because the World Cup is on the horizon. It feels like he finally has something that he can uh, be interested in playing for. It's fantastic to see him playing that well. I guess these are sometimes the sort of games that PSG wobble in a little bit. And, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, a point away to Leon is is no shame. They're playing really well, but as we saw in midweek, like they can sometimes just get a bit bored. Um, if they don't wrap this one up quickly, uh, I think Leon have got a bit of a puncher's chance. But, you know, if Neymar, if the mood strikes that front three, then, you know, hold on to your horses. It could be a... Tough night for Leon. Hey, Nigel, before I let you jump in here, Neymar scored 11 goals, seven assists, all competitions, uh, leading the way, if I'm not mistaken, in, in Ligue 1 in France with eight goals. Um, he seems to have picked it up yet again. Do you think it's because of a World Cup here? I mean, it just seems to be that every time the World Cup comes around, Neymar starts to see life again. He starts to produce every single game. He looks well and truly up for it and no longer is out injured. Well, from what we heard, wasn't it that the new director of football at Paris Saint-Germain played a big part? And I think him sitting these players together to really get them together and have an understanding and stop this whole diva mentality, I think that's probably played the biggest part. I think Neymar is playing fantastically well. I don't really think it's anything to do with the World Cup. I think it's all the kind of... Uh, Hollywood drama that was happening behind closed doors of, you know, all those players trying to be the head guy in charge. I think that's been put aside for the greater good of success together. When they come together, they are frightening. I think we saw glimpses of it in their Champions League game uh, against Juventus when they really do play together and collaborate and don't try and outdo each other. It's fantastic. I think for me, I'm getting bored. I don't want to talk about Paris Saint-Germain until the knockout stage of the Champions League because they've got too much of a great array of superstars where if they want to turn it on and play together, there'll be a mm -hmm. problem for any club in world football. It's just that simple. One of the beauties of the game right now is social media and some videos that get shared after games, either in domestic leagues or in the Champions League. Did either of you catch the video of the, the ball boys or the mascots ahead of the game um, in Israel against Maccabi Haifa when everybody saw Messi and they completely just forgot every other PSG player and went and hugged Messi? Did you see that, James? I didn't see that. But what I would say is, as you would, 
this is the greatest footballer of all time. And like, if I, if, to be honest, if debatable. I were that, debatable, James, be, debatable. Sorry? Debatable. Uh, well, I'm not, we'll have that. Definitely, there's a podcast in that debate at some stage. But um, look, if, if he were in the mix zone and I was thinking now, I think I would probably lose my self control and want to at least get a selfie with him. Please don't tell me you'll take off your blanket. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was wonderful. So if you're out there, make sure you find that video, that clip on um, online. It's absolutely brilliant. Uh, quick prediction on that game. Obviously, I think you're both favouring PSG. James? Yeah, 3-1 PSG. Nigel? 2-0 uh, PSG. All right, let's move on to the Bundesliga. I'm going for our Paris Saint-Germain win as well. There are some cracking games to look forward to in the Bundesliga. Gladbach in Leipzig. It's a good game to watch for sure. Marco Rosa returning with Leipzig to Borussia Mönchengladbach, a club he coached previously before he moved on Borussia Dortmund and then get fired. So he goes back there um, after defeat against Real Madrid, but also a big win in the Bundesliga against Borussia Dortmund. Not going to ask for much of a comment because I want to talk a little bit more about Borussia Dortmund Schalke in just a second, but... What do you think is a prediction here, uh, James, for Gladbach and Leipzig, both kind of mid-table right now in the Bundesliga? Where do you see this game going? And give me a prediction. I mean, I can't say I'm an expert on where Gladbach are. So if in doubt, let's just go for, you know, that new manager the, or the ex coming back into town, revenge tour mentality. Let's say Leipzig win this 2-1. Nice. I'm going to go with Leipzig as well. I saw Gladbach uh, last week against Freiburg. And um, I must say yeah, they're, they're okay. They, they, they struggle to put the ball into the back of the net. I think that new manager area is still in, in Leipzig at the moment. I think that aura is still about the place. Players feel rejuvenated. And I think that Leipzig should win this because it takes a lot of opportunities for Gladbach to put the ball into the back of the net. And mm -hmm. that's what's going to be their problem. Yeah, I'm with you. I also would like to say that I've got Gladbach to be maybe one of the surprise packages in the Bundesliga this year to maybe sneak into a European place. So these are the type of games that I would expect Gladbach to really step it up. And I'm intrigued to see where Leipzig are after their defeat, of course, um, in, in Europe against Real Madrid, but also terrific win. I'm actually intrigued to see where this game goes. Um, the big one, of course, in Germany this weekend is the Riviera Derby's Borussia Dortmund against Schalke. Uh, this should be an absolute cracker. Schalke only won one in three draws this campaign. Borussia Dortmund's favourites in this one. James Benj, where are you going? Mm, that, that one win was last time out, wasn't it? Probably still going, no, I say a draw, one all. It's been a while, hasn't it, since we've had a Riviera Derby, so Schalke will be ah. very up for it. Like, listen, I think for Dortmund, there is a lot of positives. You look at their performance against Manchester City. They did well, hung in there against so-called the best club in the world right now in world football favourites for the Champions League. And the only way they lost that goal was two spectacular goals. I mean, the first one, you could probably blame the goalkeeper because he kind of takes his hand away from the ball thinking it's going over. Yep. But then Haaland's goal, what really can you do about that? Anyone else, any player else in the world football, that ball will just sail over in the back post. So I think they can still take a lot of positives and I think that they will get the win against Schalke because it's not a game they should be too down about, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this game. Obviously, being a Bundesliga fan myself, it's always the derby matches and bringing the fans together. I'm happy for Schalke being back in the Bundesliga, but this one in the Riviera derby, I think is going to be a step too far for them. And I expect to see a big reaction from Borussia Dortmund after disappointment in uh, Bundesliga last week against Leipzig. And then also disappointment late against Manchester City in the Champions League. I want to see a big performance and a big result. Nice to see Gio Reyna back as well. Uh, final thoughts before we go, Nigel. I know your battery is about to die, but I want to get your opinion on some of the football 
football kits that have been released for the World Cup coming up. Before you die, and uh, Ian, why are you going to expose me like that? Come on, man, we're trying to be professional. Why are you going to expose me like that? We don't hide on this show. We don't hide. We say it as it is. Before you go, Nigel, before you go, let us know your thoughts on the England kit that was just released for the World Cup, or it's about to be released. Well, the first one is, yeah, you know, same old kind of same old. The away one reminds me of a, a bit of the dark ages of English football and let's just say a reputation that we want to kind of get rid of now. And all Phil Foden is missing there is, is a bowling hat there. A bowl hat, as they call it. Was it a bowl hat or a bowling hat? Bowler hat. Bowler hat. That's all he's missing right there. Not a bowler The Oasis vibe. Nolan Liam Gallagher would love that there. I prefer the, <laughs> the away kit more so than the, the home kit because it's a bit, nah, could be a bit more adventurous England. James? Uh, yeah, it's just, they're really quite, like, all of the Nike kits that we're going to go through, it's like someone, they tried to do something brave and just kind of carried it out at the last minute. And it's, yeah, like, and also, there's too much blue on that England kit. Blue is kind of, I know that England shorts are often blue, but it's just, it's not an England colour. I want... Just, James, is that what I said? The kits are like, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the worst. That's the I mean, some of them, some of the other ones are actually really bad, so it could be worse. Could have the Portugal kit. Producer Des, can you please pull up the uh, US kit that was just released? And on social media, fans of US soccer are going absolutely nuts. They absolutely hate the kit. I am actually a fan of both US kits uh, going into this World Cup. Obviously, in the same group as England, so we're going to get to see them. That what blue one will look really nice when Bakayo Saka's scoring England's sixth goal. <laughs> just. You can just see the, the crestfallen looks of the US defence <laughs> as England are running riot on Thanksgiving. Or is it Black, it's Black Friday, isn't it? Um, There's a look at the kit right there, the, the, the home kit, so to say, the white one with the badge right in the middle. The away kit's very similar. You can see the women's kit's been released as well with the, uh, obviously, the FIFA World Cup badge next the home to it. One is, apparently the home one is inspired by NFL jerseys, which makes me think, was Todd Bowley designing it? <laughs> he probably did. I just want to say, Ian... I want to add to the fact of I love the stars on the women kit. I just wanted yes. to see where oh there is none on the men's kit, right? Yeah. The stars on the women's kit is fantastic. There might be after this World Cup, just letting you yeah. know that. All right, yeah. All right. <laughs> well, there's a look at some of the kits. Let us know your thoughts and opinions on some of the World Cup kits that have been released or about to be released or have been leaked out there um, on the internet, on social media. It's been sensational watching the chat, but it's also been great to have your conversation with us on Kegelazzo. So make sure you leave a comment, uh, like and subscribe to our YouTube page. Uh, we appreciate everything you're doing to help this channel grow. We're here for your benefit. We're trying to make our show as best as we possibly can. We got a lot of great ideas coming your way soon. Um, we've obviously brought Nigel Rio Coker into the fold, which has been very explosive. My social media uh, timeline was incredibly explosive uh, towards Nigel Rio Coker's direction today. He's not on Twitter. However, a lot I'm of people... On Twitter. I've got more sense than being on Twitter. That's why. Write him a letter if you're unhappy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Write a letter, post it. I'm old school. <laughs> We can't thank you all enough for, for joining us and for making sure that you leave the comments and uh, subscribe into the YouTube channel because that's what helps us grow. It matters to us. It means more than you'll ever know. But the comments and your opinion matters to us as well. And of course, please make sure that you go and follow what James Bench is doing. He is one of the best writers you will find out there on cbssports.com. Um, and make sure you follow him across all of his social media platforms. James, where are you going this weekend? Which game are you catching? plan is Brentford Arsenal I was planning on doing Liverpool Chelsea so a bit of a shame that's off but um yeah I'm in, intrigued to see if 
I think it's a big one for Arsenal to show they're over what happened last year when they got absolutely bullied off the pitch. So um, a chance for Arsenal. And to end, a, end this part of the season, top of the table, wouldn't be too bad. But it's going to be tough. Nigel, except for smoking a cigar and chilling out in the sunshine of Florida, um, what will you be doing this weekend? Which game have you got your eye on most? Watching football. Yeah, I'm watching all across all boards. Going to try and watch as much football as I can. Loving what I'm seeing. Uh, loving everything. Again, I think I'm probably going to be intrigued again just because I like characters in the game. So I think I'm probably going to spend a lot more time to watching this Man City game v Wolves because I think that Diego Costa, players like him, make football so much more entertaining. I love it when you have characters like that who leave their ability and their personality on the football pitch. I want to see more characters in the game. It gives us more to talk about. And I think it's great for the game of football. And just to add, Ian, it's only going to get better what we're doing here. Love it, mate. Love it. Nigel Rio Coker, James Benjamin, and Joy. Thanks so much to every one of you out there for listening to Keiko Lazzo. Please take a minute to leave us a rating and a review on your favorite podcast platform. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere you listen to your podcast. We're also available in video format. Subscribe to us on YouTube and visit YouTube. Thanks so much to everybody out there who's been watching us. We'll go live as many times as we possibly can. We're going to have as many guests as we possibly can, as well as the usual suspects. But make sure you all enjoy your football this weekend and we'll see you again very very soon okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.